I hope you're ready. Here comes some hot takes, some smack talk, and some absolute nonsense. It's season four. Welcome to the Joint Practices Podcast. With your host, Sean Lamont. I was waiting for woo, 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 caddy, woo. Steve Knox. No, but I'm going to tell Elijah to go masturbate with maple syrup tonight. Let me know how that goes for you. And Elijah Arnold. Here we go, kid. Time to shine. Clamor slammers. And that's not what it said. I'm going to tell you a worse story than that right now. <laughs> I literally poured milk onto my testicles. Yo, welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans, it's fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at LevinTheGoat. Tonight is episode 173, and we got to keep it down because it's a school night. We can't be yelling. But boy, do I want to because in a rare case in the last, I don't know, four seasons, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings both won a game on the same week. Could it be true? Let's bring in the soupiest. The stickiest, the OG Olive Garden pimp, Steve Knox. Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox. What it do? We did it. Congratulations. We are winners. You said it best in the group text when you said two and three party, baby. Yeah. yeah. Well, enjoy the two and three because the two and three is going to become two and four quicker than usual for the philadelphia eagles this week we'll talk about that in a bit we will do some studs and duds and we will do the pick them to close out the show but i think we have to open with the breaking news john gruden is out in vegas sure is rich basaki the assistant coach is expected to take over for him don't get too comfortable saying things to your friends over technology because uh, can come back and bite you in the ass pretty hard. Whoops. Yeah, Mark Davis reportedly drove to the facility today. Um, you know, found Gruden. They sat down, had a chat, and decided it was best that they uh, mutually part ways. Gruden resigns. I don't know. It's too bad for him. This is, uh, again, people, you know, digging up other people's past. It's kind of a, a weird game that's being played lately. But, um, you know, you, I don't know. You can't say those things. That's all I can say. And to hear guys like Tony Dungy and Mike Tirico last night on the Sunday night broadcast, you know, Tirico, a guy that worked Monday night football with Gruden, Dungy, a guy who coached, you know, with and against Gruden. Um, and they said nothing but great things about the guy. So it's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough to tell whether, you know, this is just him, like, trying to joke around with his buddy or if this is the real person that he is and he's just been hiding it for all these years. It's a scary thought. <laughs> Ugh. It's too bad. I used to really like Chucky. It's too bad we don't have Dr. Mick on to give us the instant reaction. I texted him as soon as I heard the story <laughs> broke and uh, 
I said, so long, Gruden. And he just came back with, yeah, wow, man. It's like a very Gruden-esque response. (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Jutsu, why banana will end here? Crazy. Wild and crazy kids. Remember that show? I do. All right. So, as we talked about earlier... The Philadelphia Eagles won their game. The Minnesota Vikings won their game. Steve, tell us how the Vikings managed to pull off the stunning upset of the Detroit Lions. They pulled off the stunning upset by allowing them to come back in the game. Um, I Again, I don't know if it's Mike Zimmer not allowing Clint Kubiak to like coach this offense the way he wants to coach it. Because that's what it looks like to me in the we're just going to run the ball as much as possible where, I mean, multiple times in this game, you're up, you know, 16 to six, you have a 10 point lead, an opportunity to go down there, score a touchdown and pretty much put this game away on multiple occasions. And you're just turn around, hand the ball off second and eight, turn around, hand the ball off third and seven, turn around, hand the ball off. Like, and then you punt the ball back. It was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the play calling, the coaching for me is why this game is so close. That on top of uh, Kirk Cousins throwing a pick down near the end zone where he's trying to hit K.J. Osborne, that hurt big time and really mm-hmm. gave the Lions some momentum to get back in this game. But, boy, what do you what do you expect? Like, you don't put in an effort on offense – up 10 points and you sit there and play soft defense against, you know, not a great offense, I would say, but a capable one. They've shown that they're, they have the ability to score some points. I was going to say they're masters of garbage time. Yeah. And so, yeah, just go down there, allow DeAndre Swift just to waltz into the end zone. And then the Lions go for two when they could just kick the extra point, tie the game. No, Dan Campbell going for the kneecap, goes for two, they get it, and then Adam Thielen just makes two great catches. Uh, Again, you know, 33 seconds, two timeouts, Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer. What could go wrong, right? Like, that's that's an eternity. And they got three plays off. Like, absolutely ridiculous. Poor clock management bad you know play call on the second play but like they had no plan it just like they're just running off a whim here they Make, did like, seem six... very panicky it, and it's the way it always is like they, if they have the ball at the end of the game the opportunity to go down and score it just seems like they don't have a fucking clue what they want to do and it i mean it shows you know when the plays get called in and you're just like oh like what was the point in running that play like there was nothing there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm happy that they were able to get the ball down there to Thielen a couple of times, get into position uh, for Greg Joseph to attempt a game-winning field goal that he actually made this time. Um, but Almost made my studs for it. <laughs> yeah. He hit a 54-yarder to win the game, had hit a 55-yarder earlier in the game, four total field goals. Um, if only, uh, you know, he had done this 
a couple of weeks ago. You know, we'd uh, we'd all be in a lot better places. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, not, not Nebraska though. Not a great uh, not a great look for the Vikings and for a team that looked like they were a very high powered offense the first three weeks of the year. These last couple weeks have just been abysmal. Like both of those teams you played, you played the last two weeks, you should have put at least 25 points against and put up seven and 17 or seven and 19 back to back weeks against the Browns and the Lions. Like got some work to do this week to uh, get ready for. Oh, the Carolina Panthers. Who did they just lose to? Your Philadelphia Eagles. That game right there, the Eagles beat the Panthers 21-18 was the definition of a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> uh halftime, the Eagles had six points to the Panthers 15, 15 to 6 Carolina going into the half with Carolina getting the ball back after the half in a half of football, which showed the Eagles punt more times than I think they have the whole season combined, or at least it felt like it. The offense was, you know, Steve, you might be familiar with this, just erratic and no identity and Nick Sirianni, I don't know if he and Jalen Hurts um, had two different call sheets, but Sirianni said he called plenty of run plays, but I didn't see many at all. Miles Sanders is like a ghost this year. When he has run the ball, he averages like six yards a carry, so I'm confused. I mean, we won, but to the... A lot of the fan base, it feels like a loss just because they were so bad. And then at the end of the game, all of a sudden, you know, two Darius Slay picks, a Steven Nelson pick, a blocked punt. And all of a sudden, the Eagles have the lead. And I'm looking down at my brand new Carson Wentz all white Eagles jersey that I paid $9.99 for. <laughs> and I'm saying, how are we winning this game right now? But we did. And uh, a lot of the storylines around Jalen Hurts has been his like resiliency and his ability to forget and move to the next play. I don't know. This kind of showed something here for a team that couldn't. Not only did they not have the ability to sustain drives or even move the ball, at one point, Jalen Hurts was like two for five passing for negative four yards. That's incredible. But hey, we won. Got a short week this week coming up, though, because Thursday night football. Uh-oh. Short week and the Super Bowl champs coming to town. Should be fun. For this game, I'm going to give my offensive player of the game to Quez Watkins because that guy is fast as hell and seems to catch everything thrown his way. I don't want to jinx anything. But it feels like, you know, quite a few years ago when we had a young wide receiver with a ton of speed, his name was Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Jackson. 
I would not mind seeing the second coming of Deshaun Jackson and Quez Watkins. And I was going to say my defensive player of the game, but it's Javon Hargrave again for the fifth week in a row because he is an absolute fucking animal. I forgot to do my players of the game. I saw that. <laughs> but uh, I, I made that nice transition over to the Eagles game and completely uh, omitted my players of the game. On defense, Everson Griffin. Diane. Yeah, you love to see it. Uh, four tackles, had two sacks. Of Jared Goof. Uh, and apparently Mike Zimmer says he's been playing too much, which I don't know how that's possible. He should be the guy starting opposite uh, Daniel Hunter. It's not really a question in my mind, but okay. And on offense, uh, ever heard of this guy, Alexander Madison? Boise State, Boise State. Yeah, I've heard of him. Sounds it's like weird. Whenever he's the starting running back, the Vikings win. I, I don't know what that's all about. Hey. But. 25 carries, 113 yards, seven receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Hell of a game. Hate to see it. I think it just lets you know maybe you don't need to spend $14 million on a running back. Mm. A little Delvey Cook trade? I mean, let's not get crazy, but okay. <laughs> I'll give you Jalen Rega and a six-round pick in 2039. Who says no? That's my favorite part of Twitter. Who says no, Twitter? Uh, probably a lot of people there, John, from Because <laughs> the people that Alabama. say that, their trade proposals are usually the most outrageous, ridiculous things you've ever heard of. Uh, the Eagles did not suffer any serious injuries that I know of in this game, so that was great. And before we move on, I don't really want to get too far into it, but there is a strange situation going on with Lane Johnson. And, you know, he's out for personal reasons, but nobody really knows what. And it was supposed to be, you know, it sounded like just a game by game. You know, he missed this week's game. No big deal type of thing. But... Today in a press conference, Nick Sirianni said he hopes that Lane Johnson will be able to return to the team this year. I can't imagine what the hell he's going through, but I hope he's all right. I didn't mean to end on a somber note, but that was on my mind. Yeah, it could definitely help the team. Just hope uh, everything's good with him and him and his fam. The old fam balam. All right, soupy doopy. Let's do something a little more exciting. Let's get the mood up. It's all time for Studs and Duds. Get it! Studs and Duds, Studs and Duds, it's all time for Studs and Duds. Studs and Duds, week five. Here we go, here we go. My Fitbit just told me it was time for bed. You know what I tell my bed? Nothing. I talk to my Fitbit and I say, I'm not going to bed. Uh, whatever. Steve, studs and duds. What bed is that? Not my bed, not my problem. That's what I say. Uh, studs and duds week five. Yes, yes sir. Um, my number one stud of the week. He had 11 receptions, 
206 yards and a touchdown, and his name is Devontae Adams. And he helped me score a lot of points in fantasy this week. Yeah, like what, 40 plus? Uh, yeah, like 46. <laughs> Just 46. It's like half of what my whole team scored. <laughs> my first stud is going to just be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they just dominate on all three phases of the football field. And I am terrified that they are going to spank my team on national television. They're playing good. Well, wellerist. <laughs> Perforist kick. Uh, my number two stud, Kyle Pitts. Finally making me look like I know what I'm talking about. Nine receptions, 119 yards, and a touchdown. I guess he just needs to play in London to be able to play well. So, No jokes. I would, I would let Arthur Blank know, probably move your team to London right now. Second stud for me was everything Steve just said. I was watching that game, and it made me very happy that he kept getting point after point after point in fantasy. Because I thought I had played him in DraftKings and I didn't. <laughs> Felt like such a fucking idiot after. All right. My second stud was also Kyle Pitts. I'll just go to my third stud. How about big play slay with the two picks for the birds? Go birds. Not bad at all. Uh, my third stud, another, was the all three studs on my fantasy team this week. Love to see it. Uh, Josh Allen, 15 mm. to 26, 315 yards, three touchdowns. Also carried the ball 11 times for 59 yards and a touchdown. And threw a 58 yarder to uh, my cousin, Vinny Dawson. <laughs> Dawson Knox let him in. Oh, 53 yarder. Sorry. I said 58. All right. Is that all the studs we got this week? Yep. All right, going to the duds. Let me kick it off because what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs? They have a game against the subpar opponent and they score six touchdowns. Then they play an actual opponent and look like garbage. Uh, trouble in paradise, if you ask me. Does appear that way, though. Um, I think the Bills are kind of using, you know, that prototype or blueprint that Tampa drew up in the Super Bowl as far as like defensively how you, you know, slow them down. And it worked pretty well. Get physical with Kelsey, have, you know, two guys over the top and uh, press Tyreek Hill. Seems to be working. I mean, the Chiefs can't do much else otherwise. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes is your leading rusher, you know, the, the run game's not really working. So, yeah, that seems as though they may have been figured out. And this is kind of why it's difficult to be, you know, super dominant in the NFL for multiple years in a row. Yep. And honestly, it kind of seems like the Chiefs might be spending too many time, too much time on these, like, trick plays and everything that's going on all the theatrics about them rather than, you know, focusing on, Hey, how can we beat this, you know, Tampa two defense? <laughs> that's, that's all it takes to beat them. Apparently. 
You got that truth serum in them. All right, your first duddy. Uh, my first dud was Trey Lance, 15 to 29, 192 yards and in an interception, losing to the division rival Arizona Cardinals. And the San Francisco 49ers falling to two and three. Uh, Doing three party. Here is uh, your chance to shine. <laughs> Jimmy gets hurt like we figured he would. And it uh, wasn't great. And he got hurt. Yeah. And Trey Lance is going to miss the next two to three weeks. And that's why I'm going to piggyback off of you because my second dud was the football gods. Because somebody pissed them off in San Francisco because they cannot have a healthy quarterback. You know, last year they went through Jimmy G to Nate Mullins to CJ Beathard. Wasn't there another guy that played in there at some point too? Yeah, I think there was. I don't remember who, but my God. And now Garoppolo's hurt again this year. Then Trey Lance gets hurt. I mean, you want to talk about the football gods. How about the football gods? For the New York Giants. Like, literally, you lose your top three wide receivers, your starting running back, who just came off a major knee reconstruction, and then you lose your starting quarterback to a concussion. Like, that's unbelievable. Um, what's his nuts? Mike Glennon. He's going to have his work <laughs> cut nuts. out for him. What's uh, his nuts? Yeah, it's tough it's to see up there. sticky on him. Uh, my next dud, Evan McPherson. What are you doing? Opportunity to win the game. Couple of opportunities. You kick the ball, celebrate prematurely. The ball misses to the left of the pile of the post, smacks the little flag, and you're jumping up in your, you know, lineman's arms like you just won the game. Make sure the ball goes through the uprights <laughs> there, Martin Gramatica. Come on now. <laughs> Poor Mason Crosby, huh? He missed two kicks in overtime. He missed three opportunities to win that game and then eventually did win that game. You see him when he's walking like, off the field, looking, I got one. <laughs> yeah, like I, I literally, when he missed the third one, I was like, he's on the dud list. But then he ended up kicking the winner. So the other guy has to beat the dud. Yep. I couldn't especially put him with him celebrating like an asshole. Before the ball goes through the uprights. <laughs> um, my last dud is actually going to be a pair of human butt cheeks known as Urban Meyer. They have no idea what's going on in Jacksonville. <laughs> like, absolutely no idea. They have no identity on offense. Their game plans are done by children on Madden at the night before after a six-hour bender on Mountain Dew and cat food. Seeing if you're paying attention. Eating cat food? Yeah. All right, yeah. Urban Meyer's a joke. I really wanted him to do well, but they just need to cut bait with that soon. Yeah. I wonder if anybody so Like I mentioned, had... I mean, there's, there's just not a track record of guys that are college guys like for their career coming to the NFL and having any success. And then to go to one of the worst uh, franchises in the NFL 
I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that anybody thought that this was going to work. And if they did, like, I, I don't understand why, but it's pretty evident Like you need some new innovative coach to come in here and, you know, figure out what, how they can use Trevor Lawrence to the best of their ability. Um, James Robinson, you know, great option there. A couple of, uh, you know, know, like DJ Shark has been out, but LaVisca Chenault, they traded for, uh, or not traded, but signed uh, Marvin Jones in the offseason. So you got some weapons there, but it's just, it all comes down to the coaching and the coaching decisions. And I don't, Urban Meyer is just not the guy for this job. And I don't, I'm (laughs) ever since the job came up and he became like the guy that everybody was talking about, it was just like, why him? Yeah, like, well, it, it was a name. I, I would have rather you'd hired Don Shula, like, and he's dead. <laughs> then cross him off. <laughs> yeah, Urban Meyer, he's dead. Good talk. Yeah. Uh, last one for me was the Washington football team. Um, I thought this defense was going to be way better than it was. I mean, look at what they did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Boy, oh boy, they've just gotten torched week after week after week. And uh, Taylor Haneke has, you know, kind of been thrust into the starting quarterback role with the injury to Fitzpatrick. He didn't hit a below 50% completion percentage is awful. And then to throw two interceptions on top of it, even worse. So uh, Ron Rivera's got some things to figure out. <laughs> And starts on the defensive side of the ball if they want to have an opportunity to get out of this two and three party. You know what's funny is you have guys like Matt Nagy, who's an offensive mind in Chicago, and his offense has been struggling for like three years. And then you have a defensive minded guy like Ron Rivera, whose offense is okay and his defense is struggling all the time. What? It's just like the Eagles, whose head coach is struggling to um, coach his wide receivers to not make contact on a pick play. And he's a former wide receivers coach. And the wide receivers are the ones with the worst fundamentals. What are we doing? Come on, guys. Get your head out your booty hole. And I think that my friend, will wrap up the studs and the duds for this week, in which was number five. Week six preview on the docket. Thursday night football, the Eagles kick off week six with a home game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last week, when the Eagles took on the Carolina Panthers, I preached that this was a winnable game against the Panthers, and I will be brutally honest with you, this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is an unwinnable game. I don't think they have the horses to score enough against this defense, and I don't think they have the horses to stop that offense. It's could get ugly and ugly fast. It's just one of those games, as a fan, you go in knowing your team's going to get their ass whooped but hoping that this is that one in a million game. You know, that game, was it two years ago where the Eagles took on 
the Packers on Monday Night Football and won a game they had no business winning. Hey. So you're telling me there's a chance. We're like one in a million. (laughs) Is this going to be the one in a million game? I don't know. I noticed that we went back to the uh, not much motion before the snap type offense. The offense was stale. We started using motion again. Things started to pick up. You know, I can see this is working. Maybe the coaching staff will tune into that as well. Discipline is the key to this game for me. It's how often will they shoot themselves in the foot? And also how often will the referee hold the pistol for them while they shoot their self in the foot? I'm getting tired of the questionable calls and the ridiculous calls. There were some ridiculous calls against the Panthers. There were a lot against the Eagles. The officiating, I think the league needs to address it. But, you know, they're not going to take that heat publicly. But we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. I'll just say this. Go Birds. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing else. Sue. I think the the, uh, the Eagles have an opportunity because of the injuries to the secondary uh, of the Buccaneers. Do I expect them to win? No. But if there is a chance, it's because of that. So uh, the Minnesota Vikings are going to be hosting the Carolina Panthers this week. I don't think that's correct. Yes, the Vikings are going to Carolina. That's what I said. <laughs> Booby trap. Okay. Um, yeah. Two and three versus three and two. I mean, the Eagles showed you how you beat the Panthers and... You know, it's going to come down to your defense making plays, winning the turnover battle. And if you have a good running game, you can do what Dallas did the week before, just shove it down their throat for four quarters. Could be useful as well. Uh, Is Dalvin Cook going to play? Who knows? Is Christian McCaffrey going to play? Who knows? Yes, he is. Uh, So coming down to those two guys and slowing them down, in my opinion, uh, one way or the other, depending on who you're rooting for. Uh, I would like to see the offense go back to what was working in the first, you know, three weeks of the season, putting up a lot of points. And on defense. Good defense are going up against too, so they really got to bring it. I mean, see, people have been talking about the Panthers' defense and how good it is, but I don't know if it's just because of who they played (laughs) more than anything. So, like, the first three weeks of the year were just cakewalk games for them. And so the numbers are a little skewed, in my opinion. Uh, watching the the Eagles and Panthers game, it, it's not, it looked like there's a lot of opportunity there. Like, Jalen Hurts missed a couple of open guys. Um, but there's definitely yes. the ability to scheme well against that defense and what they try to do against you. So, I don't know. Kirk needs to have a great game. and Time to cash yeah. in some of those coops. Listen, they got to open up this offense. It's just we can't keep doing this nonsense, run the ball, try to control the clock sort of thing. Go up by 21 first and then control the clock. Like, don't, don't sit there and do it when you're up 10. Like, get the kill shot in there and then 
start bleeding the clock. Like <laughs> you, you got an opportunity here in a pretty high powered offense to put up some points, you know, give your defense a little bit of leeway, and then you can start playing in those shell defenses that Zimmer loves to call. Um, they gotta, you know, gotta go out there and score early in order to, you know, get this Panthers offense off balance. Cause that's what they're going to do. Run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, throw the ball to Christian McCaffrey and his, uh, his crew there. So going to be a tough game. I expect it to be highly competitive and uh, we'll see, but yeah, going into the bye week next week, Vikings could really use a victory, get themselves back to 500 here and start turning this ship around. Turning this shit around or ship? I couldn't understand you. Yeah, both. C. All of the above. Wee wee. Mon frere. Vikings and the Panthers. And a battle of the running backs. Love to see it. All right, so you ready? I was born ready. Then we should get to the pick Hey, pick em, that's the name of the game. Snatching winners every week like a turnover chain. Uh, picking spreads over under long shots. Ha! You know we got it cause our bank rolls on top. Week six of the pick em is here already. Steve, it's already week six. Holy cannoli, Batman. I know, it goes way too fast. Oh, good lord, good lord, good lord. All right. Got 18, uh, this, 18 this year though, so. Yeah, I'm going to mix it up a little bit, I guess. Uh, week five recap, Sean, Steve, Madden, we all went three and one. So not much to change there. The standings are as follows. SG1 Sports with the Madden simulations on YouTube are 10 and 10. Steve, second place, 12 and 8. And I have a small lead. First place, 15 and 5. It's time to get jiggy with it. But before we do one notable from last week, because Soup had the Eagles win in 24-17. They won 21-19. Soup, round of applause for yourself. Yeah, kind of close. All right, then. Week 6 is here. We'll start on Thursday because that's the first game of the week. The Buccaneers at the Eagles. The Bucks are a 70-point favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Seven-point favorite. Over under 51 and a half. SG1 Sports has the Buccaneers in a route 41 to 16. Oof. If they play like they did in the first half last week, they won't score double digits. But I don't know. They played really well against the Chiefs, who might stink. It's tough to judge this team. I have no idea. The Bucs are going to win, but how much will the Eagles score? I don't know. I'm going to put 30 to 24 Bucks. Uh, give me the Buccaneers as well. Say the Bucks win. Eh, I don't know, thirty-one seventeen. Sugar Man Special. Two claps and a Ric Flair. <laughs> the Vikings at the Panthers. Panthers are one and a half point favorite. Over under is forty-six. And SG One Sports in a overtime thriller has the Vikings winning, thirty-seven to thirty-four. Don't expect to be that high scoring, but I will take the Vikings to win uh, 30 
to 23. That's funny because right here on my sheet, I already have this written down as the Vikings winning 29 to 21. It's written here. I have the proof. There. Thank you. Have another. My game of the week then. Sorry, I'm just going to jump right in. I'm crazy. We have the Cardinals at the Browns. The Browns are loving this Sugar Man game of the week. It's crazy. Second week in a row. All right. And I'll tell you, last week, Browns-Chargers, that was a fantastic football game. Quite a shootout there. They had that game. They had little John performing. Points, 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 points. <laughs> Everybody score some points. Yeah. So uh, Cardinals at Browns. Browns are a two-and-a-half point home favorite. 50-and-a-half over under. SG1 Sports is rolling with the cards. They are red hot. He's got the cards winning 26 to 20. They've won every game since the beginning of time. Five, Five games. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take the Cardinals in a shootout. 42 to 38. Jesus Christmas. Give me the brownies. I'll take the Browns to win. Uh... 24 to 19. The Browns are such a good team. They just <laughs> can't get over the hump with these really good teams. They're right in every game. It's crazy. They have been. A couple of uh, bad breaks. Indeed. And a good one, a good few breaks against the Vikings. Uh, let's see my game of the week. See, I was going to go with the Chargers <laughs> against the Ravens because that looks like a really good game. But there's no line in that game yet because the Ravens game is still being played currently while we're recording this. So I thought next best thing. Let's go with the Dolphins at the Jaguars. They're a combined one and nine. Uh, should be just a slobber knocker of a game. Um, the Miami Dolphins are currently favored by three and a half points over under 45 and a half, which is the lowest of the week. And SG1 Sports says you can take that over under, polish it up real nice, turn it sideways and stick it right up your bum bum because the Dolphins win 42 to 37. And I am going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's oh, right. Jesus. Heard it here. spent a half an hour ripping Urban Meyer. <laughs> Jaguars win 25 to 24. Oh, man. Fins up, baby. Give me the Dolphins. Shout out to Herbert Ivan Hinkelstein. Huge fan of the Dolphins. I'm going to take them to win 21 to 13 in the CBS game of the week. Harry Christian wouldn't like that very much now, would he? One of the most annoying things I say too often on this podcast is little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> We're recording this Monday night. Monday night football is still going on. How about the Colts up 22 to 3 right now on the Baltimore Ravens? Can I hear a C dubs the goat? Has he even done anything? Isn't Jonathan Taylor just doing all the work? Hey, 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 hey. Oh, he did throw a 42 yarder to Michael Pittman, so. Oh, sweet. Right on the bench and everything. Love to see it. Got Rodrigo out there though. Rodrigo. Three minutes left in the third quarter. The Colts have a 95.7% win probability. 
So when you're listening back to this and you already know the Colts lost, <laughs> you'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they lost. And that is going to wrap up the pick'em for week six. Soupy Doopy, Von Gloopy, Amba Choopy. Do you have any final thoughts? I don't think so this week. I don't. Just, uh, the kicking has been weird again. I think that might be my, my last final thought. Just a lot of missed extra points, a lot of missed field goals. That, that Bengals game, they they missed a combined like 37 field goals in that game. I really thought the game was just going to end on a tie because nobody could fucking score. So must be nice to have a guy like Justin Tucker who just makes everything. Or Lamar Jackson who just hit Hollywood Brown for a 43-yard touchdown. Easy game. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well... Carson Wentz plays 95% of the snaps. That's all that matters. (laughs) Give us that first round pick. Hey, wherever you're listening, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, tune in. Make sure to uh, subscribe, rate, review, (laughs) and uh, we'll see you on the next one. (laughs) 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 Told you I was tired. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Joint Practices at Love of the Go at the Knox says send us a tweet with the hashtag Joint Practices. Let us know you're listening. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to have you on our show. So, with that being said, fly goes fly, baby. <laughs> Skull Vikings. That's that first stop. I'll let you say that guy's name because you like to say Kamuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuu